0: morning, good evening, or good afternoon, depending on where you are in the world, and I can say that now because apparently I have listeners in the UK. So uh, welcome aboard from across the pond to all you listeners out there in the world. My name is Doc Bryant. Why Doc? Because for six years I was a U.S. Navy, U.S. Marine Corps combat corpsman. And that is what they call us. And that is the name that is tattooed on my soul. Six years in the Navy and Marine Corps and I didn't get a tattoo anywhere else. But that name is tattooed on my soul. So as I have explained and and as is the premise of this podcast we are in a spiritual war it is a war that has been raging since the beginning of time between satan and god and satan and god are not equals they are not balanced this is not a dualist situation as in two equal opposing forces Satan is inferior to God. He is a created being, whereas God is the self-existent being. And Satan has already lost. Satan lost when Christ rose from the grave and ascended into heaven. So this battle is the war for all intents and purposes is over, but we are still fighting a battle for the souls Of the humans here on the earth. And right now there is a huge push from the adversary. I believe this huge push is kind of a battle-of-the-bulge type of situation because Christianity is gaining ground all over the world. In Asia, in the Middle East, Uh, In sub-Saharan Africa, uh, Christianity is actually growing faster than the population, and the population in sub-Saharan Africa is growing faster than anywhere else in the world. So that's very exciting, very cool. The irony is that Christianity is not growing very fast in the place that was founded to be a bastion of Christianity here in the United States. Here in the United States, we are almost, but not quite, a post-Christian society very similar to that which exists in Europe. However, this great revival that is happening all over the world, I believe, is coming to the United States. But the United States and the West in general is kind of the final battleground for Satan right now. And Satan has certain designs for the world to twist the world into something 180 degrees out of phase of what it was designed to be by God. And, again, the West is his last stand right now against this great revival that is happening, and I believe what we are seeing, the insanity that we are seeing in the West right now, is a result of an almost panic, a battle, a spiritual battle of the bulge if you will. I think that is what we are seeing. And it is going to have extremely negative ramifications for a lot of people who are not protected by the Holy Spirit. And if you are not a Christian, then you are not protected by the Holy Spirit. This is why I urge you to consider becoming a Christian right now, because very bad things are happening. That's my particular view, based on what I know, based on what I have studied over the decades, uh, biblically, historically. That's just my particular view. I could be wrong. I frequently am. Ask my wife. There are those out there who are concerned that this could be the buildup to the end of times. Uh, Christ referred to Uh, The end times being like birth pangs. And if you understand labor, birth pangs come more intensely and closer together the closer it comes to uh, birth. And I personally believe that this is just one of those birth pangs. I don't believe this is the last one. But again, I could be wrong. This could be the, the lead up to the very end times. Uh, And the way that you, if you are a non-Christian out there, the way that you can be 100% sure that the end times have begun, that the tribulation has begun, is that all of your Christian friends will have disappeared like that. Now, of course, I understand that there are some uh, Christians out there who uh, do not believe that the rapture will occur prior to the tribulation. I have seen more than enough evidence in the scriptures to indicate that it will. However, this is certainly something that is up for debate and not something that I will be debating here today. Um, But if you have any comments on that, please feel free to send me an email at docbryantshow.com at ZohoMail.com, that's z-o-h-o mail.com if you have any questions comments snide remarks uh, go ahead and send them I really do enjoy a good conversation and if they're a really good question I will feature them on this podcast and mention you by name if you want to so that the other six listeners out there will know who you are just kidding there's seven all right. So, this spiritual war in which we are engaged is manifesting itself um in in sheer insanity at this point in the west, just absolute insanity, and there is no greater anti-christian movement right now than the transgender movement. Absolutely none. Um, I believe it was actually Tucker Carlson who made an observation on this that that this is the penultimate derivation of anti-Christianism uh, because it is the embodiment of somebody becoming their own god, being able to recreate themselves and to something that is 180 degrees out of phase with what God designed you to be. God made you a man, but you are turning yourself into a woman or vice versa. This is a total rejection of God. It is no wonder that through the centuries, through the millennia, uh, the history of the world— so very many pagan gods demanded the worship of eunuchs. Don't you find it interesting that one of the goals of non Christian religions is ultimately, and secularism certainly is a non Christian religion, um, is is the sexual destruction of the human, Uh, through transgenderism here, uh, and, and the sexual destruction of humans, which leads to a lack of reproduction of humans, which leads to ultimately the destruction of humankind. And if there is reproduction, the destruction of that life within the womb, Yet, at the same time, it, it amazes me how people talk about uh, how being anti-Christian is freeing and non-oppressive. And, and the, the practices of non-Christians are quite the opposite. They are dogmatic and very oppressive and ultimately murderous. The left, and when I use the terminology the left, I am not only referring to the political meaning of the term, but it's interesting how the political meaning of the term actually lines up with the biblical meaning of the term. If you go to Matthew chapter 25, verse 31, but when the Son of Man comes in his glory, And all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate them one from another. As the shepherd separates the sheep from the goats, he will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. And it is also absolutely no coincidence whatsoever that the goat is also considered the symbol of Satan. So there you have it. When I talk about the left, I am not just talking about the political. I am talking about the spiritual as well. And if you are on the left, I urge you very, very much to consider coming over to the right. I'm telling you that a personal relationship with Jesus Christ is not dogmatic. It is freeing. It is true freedom. You are free from slavery to your passions. I'm just going to keep throwing that out there. You are a magnificent creation. God created you wonderfully, and he wants to have a relationship with you as a father does to a child. And and I'm telling you, as somebody who has a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ, that it is freeing and it is amazing. So you, you, I'm, I'm just telling, and again, if you have any questions about this, hit me up, Show at zohomail.com. I will answer your questions. Now, back to transgenderism. The left frequently uses uh, one of their greatest tools that they use, not great as in effectiveness well, actually, I guess it is kind of effective, but uh, most frequently used is the straw man argument. The straw man argument is a logical fallacy, okay? There are, there are hundreds, if not thousands, of logical fallacies, and this particular logical fallacy uh, creates an argument against an argument that has not been made, So you, by making the argument that you make, you are accusing your opponent of making an argument that they have not made, is ultimately what it is. And in the case of transgenderism, and also you look at uh, radical feminism is using similar uh, tactics, they say that they are fighting for their rights. They use this term uh, all the time transgender rights transgender rights we're fighting for our rights and the reason that they use the term rights is because of course you know everybody is going to support rights you know everybody should have their rights but they never actually define what these rights are and this is another uh indication that you are up against a leftist argumentation is because they won't define the terms that they use because they don't need the terms defined they need the emotional uh value behind the term so rights are a positive thing rights have a good emotional feeling uh now they never define what rights but but, but rights have a good, and so we're fighting for our rights, and so you must support us because we are fighting for our rights. Now, the reason that this is a straw man argument is because in the United States, and in the West in general, transgenders are not lacking any rights. No rights whatsoever are they lacking. They have exactly the same rights as everybody else in the United States, and there lies the problem for them. There lies the problem for them. Because they don't want to be like everybody else. They don't want to have the same rights as everybody else. They want to be, as the book Animal Farm puts it, more equal. When they use the term rights... When the left use the, uses the term rights, what they really mean are special privileges not afforded to others. They want special privileges, not rights. They are fighting for special privileges. This, this is all based in, in the uh, political theory called critical theory. And critical theory states that there are certain groups which are permanently oppressed and certain groups that are permanently oppressors. All of these things are based on uh, very shallow um, uh, aspects of who they are. And like uh, the, the ultimate permanent oppressor to the left are white Christian males. That is the penultimate oppressor, and they will always be oppressors based on this philosophy because of their skin color, their gender, and their faith. And then, of course, the ultimate oppressed must therefore be uh, transgender, atheist, of color. That would be the the ultimate at this point, right now. the 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 goalpost on that is ever changing. It's always changing. Like Muslims are considered a quote unquote marginalized group, but because uh, but but they're not as important and not as oppressed as currently uh, homosexuals and transgenders. Although you will never hear the left discuss how transgenders and homosexuals are treated by Muslims in Muslim countries. They have to keep the focus loud and repeatedly on the West and on Christianity, despite the fact that there are zero, and I mean zero, statistically speaking, zero um, uh, oppression acts of oppression coming from Christians against transgenders. And we'll get into that in a little bit, too. The rights that the special privileges, the quote-unquote rights that transgenders are fighting for, are the right to proselytize our children to have access to Educate our children. And by educate, I actually mean when they say educate, what they actually mean is indoctrinate. Look at what is happening in various state capitals all over the United States right now. It happened in Tennessee, it just recently happened in Texas, where red states, legislatures in red states, are passing legislation. Against the left, and specifically transgenderism, targeting children. Passing legislation that makes it illegal to uh, have uh, sex change operations for children, to use um, hormone blockers on children this is very important to protect our children from this uh, insidious um, spiritual assault because children can't defend themselves. We have to defend them. At any rate, these state legislatures are passing these laws against transgender uh, assaults on children sexual assaults on children Ironically well not ironically uh, and and you will also see blue states like I think it was Maryland I might be wrong about that but I think it was Maryland who just recently uh, either passed legislation or there was an executive order issued that um, uh, protected. Sex change operations against children and uh, protected the uh, use of uh, chemical castration uh, uh, against children, um, uh, hormone blockers, etc., etc. But if you look at these red state legislatures, in each one, like the Tennessee, uh, in the Tennessee House, I believe it was the Capitol building of the Tennessee House. And also in Texas, just very recently, a few days ago, when this legislation was going through, you had trans activists, is what they call themselves, uh, besieging the building and entering the building and violently protesting. A lot of non-violently, but some of them violently. There were... Uh, some arrests they interrupted the uh the processes the legislative processes that were going on in those legislatures and uh again there were a few arrests some of them uh, quite violent uh, there's a video of one going around from uh Texas where some dude in a wig uh, I believe it was a guy anyway uh it looked like a female but you can't tell with these transsurrectionists. um getting into a fight with some Texas DPS officers. Those of you who do not know what DPS is, that is Department of Public Safety, they are the state troopers in Texas. And let me tell you something, folks, (laughs) you don't want to get into a tussle with a Texas state trooper, okay? Texas state troopers are tough. They are the embodiment of don't mess with Texas. And of course, for those of you who do not know, the penultimate Uh, state troopers in Texas are the law enforcement group, the Texas Rangers. Uh, Not the baseball team, but the law enforcement group. They are actual, real law enforcement organization. Very similar to the United States FBI, except a lot more disciplined. Uh, Well, a lot more focused on actual law enforcement, I should say, as well. Anyway, I digress. These uh, trans activists actually, unlike January 6th, what happened there, uh, they, they led actual insurrections against the state legislatures. They are vehemently opposed to us protecting our children from them. Our children are their goal. Our children are their targets. We have to protect them. Those are the rights that they are talking about when trans, uh, uh, transgenders are talking about fighting for their rights. That's what they're talking about. They're talking about having access to indoctrinate our children into their twisted mass psychosis. If you will, you see, everybody has a right to free speech. There is no question about that. These transgender people do have a right to free speech within the same boundaries that we, regular people, have a right to free speech. Uh, but, but again, the left likes to t- twist things a hundred and eighty degrees out of phase from a right to free speech to a right to be heard. Okay, nobody, nobody has a right to be heard. You can talk all you want. Nobody has to listen to you. You see, a right is not a right if its exercise imposes or violates imposes on or violates the rights of somebody else. So the right to be heard means that people should be forced to listen to you. And forcing somebody to listen to somebody else is a violation of that person's rights. We cannot be forced to listen to somebody. So there is no right to be heard for these transgender folks. Now, the next, and potentially, well, it's not potentially, it's already been dangerous, straw man that they are using, that the transgenders are using, is that they are fighting for their survival. Okay, the first part of the straw man is they're fighting for their rights. Nobody's taking their rights away. They have the same rights as everybody else. That's the straw man argument. Here, fighting for their survival, the argument is that they are being physically, violently oppressed in the West. And they are not. Now, you go to some place like Iran, Saudi Arabia, uh, yeah, yeah, they are definitely being violently, physically oppressed. No question about it. If you're a homosexual... If you're a transgender or anything in that particular spectrum, guess what's going to happen? You are potentially going to be taken to the very top of a very tall building and thrown off to your death. That's Sharia law in action, baby. You won't hear the left talk about that, but that's the reality. And of course, you know that's why you won't hear the left talk about it, because the left has no interest in reality. The left likes to shape their own reality. But what's great about that is when the left comes into contact with real reality, it loses every single time. But I digress. Going back to this, the transgenders are saying that they are fighting for their survival. There was a story that I read, I guess it was last week, about how transgenders are arming up because they are feeling threatened by Christians. And so they're arming up to protect themselves from the oppression of Christians. Folks, nobody's oppressing transgenders in the United States. If, if there's any oppression going on in this relationship, it's quite the opposite, as evidenced by the Tennessee shooter, who was a transgender and who attacked Christians and murdered Six Christians, three of which were nine-year-old children. This is not happening on the other side. Christians are not going around and hunting transgenders down. It's not happening. You know why? Because Christians don't do that. Now, Christians will defend themselves, yes, because Christians have the right to defend themselves just like everybody else has a right to defend themselves, just like these transgenders are claiming this right to defend themselves from a threat that does not exist and is not happening. But they still have the right to defend themselves against legitimate threats. I have no problem with anybody arming up, as long as they're planning on defending themselves legitimately from a legitimate threat. But that's not what they're doing. They are taking offensive action. There's a reason why the authorities are suppressing the manifesto that was written by this transgender girl. And when I say transgender girl, I mean a girl, female, human female, who believes that she is transgender. This transgender girl who murdered six Christians. And they're suppressing this uh, manifesto of hers because, I'm sure, because it is very clear and they've already actually come out and said that it would be bad for the PR of the transgender movement. Since when is it the job of the government to worry about PR for anybody? And I can guarantee you if this shooter had been a Christian Trump supporter, that that manifesto would have been all over the news. But they're suppressing this because it tells the truth. The government, law enforcement agencies, are suppressing the truth. Now, the next argument is, well, if we release it, then there will be violent backlash against the transgender community. What about the actual violence that is occurring against the Christian community? Uh, Well, we don't care about that. You see, because the Christians are not a protected class, they are not a class that the left has any interest in protecting. As a matter of fact, they are a class that the left has a vested interest in eliminating Entirely. Trust me, folks, there's a reason they want to come for our guns. There's a reason that they want us disarmed. Because ultimately, they want us dead. This is a story that has been going on from the beginning of time. Cain and Abel. You see, if you take a look at what is actually going on, if you take a look at the real numbers... The real reality, you will find that crimes against people based on sexual identification are as statistically insignificant as transgenders themselves. And when I say statistically insignificant, I mean statistically insignificant. I am not calling the human beings who are transgenders, or who believe themselves to be transgender, to be insignificant. No human being is insignificant. Each human being was created special by God. So I'm not calling the human beings insignificant. I am saying that as a portion of the population, they are statistically insignificant. By the numbers. By the numbers, there is zero oppression or violence against transgenders going on. None. Let me explain this really quick. I've got the numbers to prove it. If you go to justice.gov hatecrimes hate hate crime statistics, look up the hate crime statistics, go to justice.gov, look up hate crime statistics, you will find that there were, in total, single bias incidents, 10,530 in 2021. That's a lot. You break that down. Okay? Break it down, and this is how the hate crimes break down. Gender identity hate crimes are 3.2% of that 10,530, such that of those 10,530 single incidents of hate crimes, There were 342 gender identity based hate crimes in the United States in 2021. 342. Now, of that 342, not all of them were actually crimes against persons, they were not all violent crimes. They could have been crimes against property, i.e. spray-painting something on somebody's wall, or whatever. Of the total, 10,530 single-bias incidents, 67.1% were crimes against persons. Now, we cannot directly apply that to the 342 gender identity uh crimes that would not work so but let's go ahead and give the transgender movement the full benefit of the doubt and say that every single one of those 342 single bias incidents based on gender identity were indeed violent crimes let's compare that to the total violent crimes that went on or have been going on in the United States. Now, we do not have the FBI's numbers for 2021, but what we do have is the trends that have been going on since 2015 to 2019. And from 2018 to 2019, there has been kind of a a stagnation where the total number of violent crimes in the United States, again, this is per the Federal Bureau of Investigation, the the total number of violent crimes in the United States from 2018 to 2019 have been hovering around 1,200,000. So 1.2 million violent crimes in the United States Uh, And it's been kind of hovering in that area. So let's go ahead and say that it's going to stay pretty stationary. 102, or 100, I'm sorry, 1.2 million. So if you do the numbers, 342 crimes out of 1.2 million you come up with three tenths of a percent. All right. Three tenths of a percent of violent crime in the United States were against people based on their gender identity. It's even lower for just based on your gender way lower so this whole concept that transgenders have to protect themselves physically against an onslaught of physical violence is based on nothing this is the very same kind of thought process that went on that created Black Lives Matter, which is another group that has no actual reason to exist. The the idea that white police officers are going around hunting down unarmed black people. It it's non existent. It's not happening. If they were doing it, we'd know. And, and it's the, the exact same logical fallacy behind the need to uh, uh, take guns away from law-abiding citizens. That that law-abiding, Trump-supporting, NRA, Christian white people are the cause of all the crime. And so in order to stop the crime, we have to take all of the guns away from them. Statistically, that's not correct. The vast majority of crimes, murders involving guns, are perpetrated in inner cities by blacks against blacks. These are the facts. And they're handguns. They're handguns. They're not uh, quote unquote assault weapons. There's no logic behind any of this. And there doesn't have to be. What they are using is emotion. They're using emotion. Oh, it's evil for cops to hunt down black people. Nobody's arguing that it's evil for cops to hunt down unarmed black people. But it's not happening. It is not happening. There is zero evidence to suggest that it is happening. Zero. And the same situation here with transgenders. There is zero evidence that any violence is occurring against them in a statistically significant way. It's just not happening. Nobody is going around hunting down transgenders in this country. You go to Saudi Arabia, go to Iran, go to Iraq, sure. Afghanistan, definitely. Absolutely. But not here in the United States. So both of these situations, the transgenders are talking about their rights to proselytize our children. They don't have a right to proselytize our children. You can do you. In the United States, you do you. You have a right to do you. That's fine. You want to be transgender? That's great. T Y A, baby. Those of you who don't know, that's tear your ass. Go for it. You don't have the right to force it on other people. And that's another really funny thing is that the left always accuses Christians of, oh, you're just forcing your you're forcing your beliefs on other people. Nobody's forcing their beliefs on other people. You know, we have a right to free speech. We can say what we want. That's not forcing our beliefs on people. Forcing your beliefs on people is doing what they're doing. Targeting people's children. That's what they're doing. See, I don't target your children. Ain't nobody targeting you. So that's the straw man argument that they're using. Now, let's move on to the whole World War III situation, which is (laughs) escalating very interestingly. The spiritual war is always reflected in our material realm, hence the transgender movement. But we're also seeing it in the political realm, as well. And very unfortunately, one of the goals, excuse me, one of the goals that Satan has as evidenced by the book of Revelation is that everybody be forced to worship him. Okay. Just like the transgenders, everybody should be forced to listen to them, to not only accept them But to celebrate them and must be forced to join them, ultimately, is what they want. It's the same thing with Satan. Ultimately, he wants everybody to be forced to worship him instead of God. This has been his desire since the beginning of our time, at least. And one of that, you know, part of that is the creation of a one world government under him, and a one-world religion, also under him. This is uh, in juxtaposition to what God created, and what God created was uh, we as individuals having the right to decide whether or not we are going to follow him. Satan, you have no rights Zero rights. You follow him. That's it. It, it, is, it is a dogma that is enforced. An ever-changing orthodoxy that, that you must follow to prove your worth. In God, you have inherent worth because you were made in the image of God you have inherent worth in satan you have no worth whatsoever satan wants you dead and while you're alive he wants you worshipping him so his one of his end goals is a one world government and those who push for a one world government are pushing to achieve his goals they are being directly and indirectly influenced by his wishes And we see in our world today there is a group of people, an ever-dwindling group of people, who are currently in positions of power who will do absolutely anything to see that that goal achieves fruition. One of these powers is the World Economic Forum under Klaus Schwab. And then you have uh, George Soros is another person who is pushing for this kind of thing. And, of course, his son following behind him. All of these people, by the way, are people that we need to be praying for. This is a spiritual battle. It will be won on the spiritual, in the spiritual realm. Uh, it's already been won in the spiritual realm. But the battle will be, will, will be fought and won in the spiritual realm. And so we need to be praying for these people. If, we, if you disagree with somebody politically or whatever, pray for those people, okay? We need to be praying for these folks. We're not going to be winning any battles necessarily by, you know, shouting on Twitter and whatnot, debating on Twitter. That will have very—it uh, may have limited effect, but in prayer we will have real effect. That's telling you. But regardless, those people who are currently in power in various— uh, governments around the world, including our own, the Collective West, as it is called by the uh, the two gentlemen who run the website, the Duran, if you have an opportunity to look them up on uh, Rumble. They're also on YouTube, but I'm not going to point you to YouTube, but uh, they're Rumble, and I think they're also on Bitshoot and Odyssey, like myself, if you want to see my videos, by the way. I am on rumble.com, bitshoot.com, It's B-I-T-C-H-U-T-E dot com and odyssey, O-D-Y-S-E-E dot com. Uh, You can find my videos there. I have uh, a lot of times on my videos stuff that I don't cover in my podcast. And if you are watching this on my videos, then uh, you can get my podcast anywhere you can get podcasts except Apple. So back to the point. You have these government leaders, to include our own, who are... Desperate to not only retain power but to expand their ever dwindling power, they are losing power uh, very regularly every single day, and they're getting desperate. And this is this is another reason why I believe that the spiritual war that is going on, uh, the that the enemy is getting desperate and is losing power because it's being reflected in our material world, and it appears that in order to uh, achieve the goals of their Great Reset, which again is a uh, top-down, centralized, control, uh, one-world government. And a lot of people say, oh, that's a conspiracy theory. No, it's not. They wrote a book about it, actually called The Great Reset. There's a book about it where they actually talk about their goals. So don't say it's a conspiracy theory when it's a conspiracy reality. But it appears that they, that they are very desperately trying to, uh, and they are willing to, I should say, spark a World War III between themselves and China and Russia. They're using similar uh, tactics that we were talking about with the transgenders arming up against a threat that doesn't exist Uh, They're doing the same thing against Russia and China, except they're using countries. Against Russia, they're using Ukraine. And against China, they're using Taiwan. And they are arming up these two little countries in order to provoke... China and Russia into a war because if they can provoke China and Russia into a war then they can excuse an expansion of uh, oppression against the people of their country they can excuse things like uh, lockdowns they can excuse things like uh, arresting people for treasonous talk. And that's what they're trying to do with this with this push towards World War III. I don't know if it's going to work or not, folks. I, I don't think it will. I have seen an uncanny calm from Russia. And also from China. And I think that the reason that this is happening is because the leaders of China and Russia understand what's going on. At least I hope they do. But it appears to me that they do. It appears to me that they can see the desperation of these globalists. And in the face of that desperation, Russia and China and India and several other nations are exercising their individual cultural rights as individual nation-states. They see which way the winds are blowing, and so they are remaining calm. Just recently, there was allegedly a drone strike uh, by Ukraine against the Kremlin in uh, uh, an attempt to assassinate Vladimir Putin. Now, there's a lot of speculation both ways on this and I'm not going to weigh in one way or the other. I do know that it does can it does count as an escalation. Some people are suggesting that it's a false flag. By Vladimir Putin to create an excuse to get more aggressive in the Ukraine. The only problem with that argument, and normally I would not discount that possibility, but the the reasoning behind it, Vladimir Putin does not require any uh, excuses to ramp up military operations in Ukraine. He's already doing that, first of all. And despite what the media and the Collective West are saying, Ukraine is losing. They're losing badly. They just lost one of their major cities, which now if you'll listen, because previously the, the press was talking about how important this city was and how Ukraine was going to hold it to the very end, no matter what. And then from this city, they were going to launch a counterattack against the Russians and push the Russians, not only push the Russians out of Ukraine, but drive the Russians all the way back to Moscow and, and, and take over Russia. That that's, That was the line well, now they've lost that big city. And they, uh, the, the, the the West, the media in the West are saying, oh, well, that city wasn't very important anyway. Ukraine doesn't really need that city. It's not strategically important. But they're still not going to give it up. So you, Ukraine are going to keep a, a small contingent of soldiers still in the city So that they can say in the press that they haven't lost the city because we've still got troops there. So we haven't lost the city, despite the fact that they've lost the city. Russia is winning. And an argument could be made that Russia has won in Ukraine. The West knows this. The West knows that, you know, they can't get away with throwing too much more money into the Ukraine. And they certainly can't get away with any more boots on the ground in Ukraine. We do have, by the way, the United States does have boots on the ground in Ukraine. They're just top secret. But they're there. Probably in the form of uh, Green Beret, would be my guess. Advisors, if you will. Just like in Vietnam. It's kind of sounding familiar, huh? Democrats starting a war in a place with advisors starting out first. Well, they have decided that because they're losing in uh, the Russian theater, they're going to try to provoke China. And so the United States has sent troops to Taiwan to defend Taiwan against an aggression that has heretofore not existed against Taiwan. And we now have U.S. special forces in the form of Green Beret in China, or in Taiwan, training Taiwan how to defend against, you know, the Chinese aggression that heretofore has not existed. And it, it, it occurred to me the other day, there's this big push in the media and by these globalist leaders like Joe Biden, like, uh, uh, what's her name, van der Leyen from Russia, or not Russia, from Germany, um, uh, all of these leaders it, from England and Germany and, and the Europe, the collective West. Uh, there's this, this push for a, a need to, to, you know, start this war. And there was a report that I read uh, a couple of days ago about the rank-and-file military in the United States not wanting to go to war with China or Russia, not wanting to go to war at all. And I remembered back in the 60s and 70s, the same people who are currently pushing for global war when they were in their teens and they were hippies. They were burgeoning communists themselves. They chanted this slogan or they 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 said this thing, uh, a slogan, if you will. What would happen if they threw a war and nobody came? And I think... If they try to push for war any harder than they already do right now, they're going to find out the answer to that question. What if they throw a war and nobody comes? If the rank-and-file troops go, "Uh, you know what, no. Because I don't know if you know this, but they can do that. They can actually do that. See, if you're given an illegal order, you're actually obligated by military law not to follow it. Now, in a case like this, you know, uh, the, the way that the political situation is right now in the United States, uh, they're already working to, to limit Biden's War Powers Act powers that the Republicans are. And the Republicans are in a position in the House to just plain old not fund a war. Um, there are several rhino Republicans who are on board with a war. They're part of the whole globalist thing. These, these rhinos, these establishment types, they're part of that good old boy network. But I don't know that popular sentiment in the United States will politically support them. So it's really hard. It's This is really a razor's edge type situation right now. And one of the people, one of the pundits that I listen to frequently, uh, I'm not going to say his name because I don't want to call anybody out, but he's he's not a believer. Uh, he has the, he, he is very worried that this could lead to World War III. And I'm not saying it's not going to. I just don't think it is as much as he does. I could see this going either way right now. As a matter of fact, I'm leaning toward it not happening. Right now, I am leaning towards the fact that China and Russia are quite comfortable in their new alliance, and they see the political untenability of globalism in the West and they see globalism in the West collapsing. So they're just going to hang back and watch it collapse under its own weight. That's what I think is going to happen right now. But there are people out there who are scared and they're worried that this could cause World War III. And again, I'm not saying it's not going to happen. It's possible. You know, All, it, all it's going to take is a spark in the right place. But, you know, if a drone strike in the Kremlin doesn't kick it off, I don't think much will. I don't think much will. Uh, That's my stance. But I feel bad for non-believers in a situation like this. Because they don't have anywhere to go with their fears. They don't know what's going to happen. See, I know what's going to happen. Even if this is the end, I know what's going to happen. I've read to the end of the book. We win. Good guys win. Bad guys lose. That's it. So many times I've been asked to to redo my... uh, Back when I was preaching... Uh, I did a series on the book of Revelation twice. And uh, I've been asked by people to redo it and publish it. And I just haven't gotten around to it. But I can tell you, folks, if you're a Christian, if you are truly a Christian, then you got nothing to worry about. Absolutely nothing to worry about. World War III happens, nothing to worry about. End times happens, nothing to worry about. If you're a Christian, you've got nothing to worry about. If you are not a Christian, you got a lot to worry about. I'm not going to lie. That's just the way it is. And I feel bad for, for folks who are having these feelings of anxiety right now. Legitimate feelings of anxiety. I feel bad for them. And I pray for them, and we should all pray for them. As a, If you're a Christian, you need to be praying for these people who are scared about these times. Again, I don't think this is it. I think this is a really big uh, contraction, a really big birth pang, but I don't think this is it. I don't think this is the end. I think this is the one before the end, but I've thought that before. I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong. Who knows? But I went from, uh, just in the past couple of years, based on what I have seen and based on my knowledge of Scripture, I went from the the rapture's coming any minute, and then the tribulation's going to kick off, to I don't think the rapture's going to come for quite some time, actually especially given this massive Christian revival that's going on all over the world. I just don't think it's going to happen and if the tribula- or I'm sorry, if the rapture doesn't happen, the tribulation ain't going to happen. Now once the rapture happens, it's kickoff time. So again, if you're a non-believer and all of a sudden all of your Christian buddies have just up and disappeared, You're you're in for you're in for it. You're in for a heck of a lot of fun. And when I say fun, I mean not fun. The bad stuff is gonna get bad and it's gonna happen fast. And it's gonna get real bad. It's gonna make the stuff that's happening right now look like a Boy Scout jamboree. Look like a cookout in the backyard. This stuff that's happening right now is nothing compared to what's coming. So again, if you are an unbeliever or if you are somebody who considers yourself a Christian but you are not sure if you're saved, I implore you, go talk to your Christian friends. Talk to them about what you're feeling. It's important. It is extraordinarily important. There's nothing more important. Nothing more important. Nothing more important. And if you don't have any Christian friends to talk to, again, hit me up at my email, docbryantshow at zoho mail Z-O-H-O mail.com. And especially if it's, if it's a question about spirituality, if it's a question about the Bible or salvation, I will answer you. And if I don't know the answer, I will try to find out what it is. Okay, but that's important stuff. Folks, I want to thank you for listening. I appreciate it. If you like what you heard, share this to your friends. Share this to folks you think would appreciate it. Share this to folks you think would be annoyed by it. I like doing that too. Uh, Again, you can catch my videos on bitshoot.com, B-I-T-C-H-U-T-E.com, odyssey.com, O-D-Y-S-E-E.com, and rumble.com, but not YouTube, because they would kick me off in an instant. And... If you are watching this on video, then you can catch my podcast anywhere you can get podcasts except Apple, because I will not fill out their paperwork. Like I said, there's three pages of that stuff, and I'm not going to fill it out just to get on Apple iTunes that nobody listens to anymore anyway. But you can catch me on Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon, Audible. I'm, I'm on a whole bunch of other platforms there so don't you worry about it. Anyway, once again, thank you very much for listening. I will be praying for all of you. I love all of you, and I hope you have a good day, and I will talk to you all later.